Welcome to episode 6 of Listen, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Molly Doyle. And I'm Jasmine Doyle. So I'm really excited for today's episode. Uh, Molly's came up with an idea which is really interesting. I've never really thought about it before. Uh, Molly, would you like to explain it? Yeah, so basically we're going to talk about the Halloween monsters that Doctor Who has done. So these are kind of the monsters that we know that are part of our mythology, our myths, our legends, maybe what you would dress up as for Halloween. And there's a lot of them. So we've got things like witches and mummies, vampires, zombies, werewolves and ghosts. Um, and when we started thinking about it, we realised there's loads of Doctor Who episodes that deal with these monsters. And we just thought that that would be an interesting discussion. So I'm excited to to delve into these and see what we think. Um, so I guess the first question that we could discuss is why do writers of Doctor Who turn to these monsters? Why are there lots of stories? Because there's a lot. I think we've got about mm. 14 here, maybe even more yeah. that we're going to discuss. So why is this something that Doctor Who keeps coming back to? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of story that's very universal. Like anyone could switch on the TV and of any age and would be able to understand that creature. It's not like a Cyberman or Dalek who Doctor Who fans, obviously, that Yeah. That's the equivalent in the Doctor Who universe. Like, <laughs> it we, is all, kind of, yeah. we all know what a Dalek is, of course. But like anyone can join in and watch an episode like this and it's just understandable and they're kind of standalone stories usually that just have a kind of classic story structure in a way. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think also, I mean, Doctor Who, although it's not horror by any means, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't watch it if it was because I don't really like horror, but it is trying to be scary. And these mm. monsters are like established scary things. Yeah, they wouldn't have been around for these many years and these many movies if they weren't accepted as scary yeah creatures. i guess they're kind of we accept that they work you know they're a, yeah. a staple of the genre kind of yeah so i guess linked to that do you think it's a clever idea or do you think it's kind of lazy um do you think it's easier than coming up with a creature or in a way is it harder to live up to what people already expect i feel like kind of both mm. like obviously it's already there, so in a way that's easier because the writer doesn't have to do so much of the sort of like laying the foundations, figuring out mm. the whole mythology, the whole world of the monster. We've got something that we're coming into it with as an audience. You don't have to do so much exposition, so much explaining. We're going to yeah. be on the same page kind of from the start. But that can make it harder because I think the audience has preconceived notions for example of yeah. what a ghost story is supposed to be or like things like the werewolf transformation people are always like oh this movie has the best werewolf transformation that's that's not how it should be done blah, blah, blah. you know exactly that kind of thing you have to live up to i feel like the audience is maybe feels like they're more of an authority on this monster because it's something mm. they know so that can be harder and also kind of in the same vein as that there's already been so many stories about this, so maybe it's harder mm. to be original. Yeah. And memorable. Because a lot of the time in Doctor Who, they are coming up with kind of interesting ways to look at these monsters. They're not necessarily a standard kind of what you would expect to see. Yeah. 
And I guess we'll figure this out as we go along um, into our discussion of these monsters and the episodes that they're in. But what's your general opinion? Do you like it? Do you think it works? Does it always work? Are there exceptions? For me, none of these episodes are my favourite episodes. I think, for me, Doctor Who is at its best when it has a really original idea for a monster or a creature that's kind of, like we've said in many episodes, things that takes things that are like normal in our lives and twists it to be scary. I kind of prefer that. But I think there are there are instances where I think they have done a good job and done quite interesting things with them. But overall, not my favourites. What about you? Yeah, I think I agree with you. Again, looking at this list, most of them aren't episodes that I love. They're not ones I hate. I mean, I don't really hate any, but... Um, yeah. Some I definitely don't care for that much and they're not particularly ones I'd go back to and rewatch. I don't think the monster ends up being that memorable. Mm. But I don't know. I don't have much to say. I just, I agree with with your evaluation of them, really. Cool. So should we get into more specifics of the monsters looking at them more episode by episode? Yeah. Maybe first we could look at ghosts, because there's been a whole load of episodes where ghosts have appeared in Doctor Who. Yeah, that's the one that we've got the most for so yeah interesting maybe to think about why that is but i think that's a logical place for us to start yeah so shall we start looking at the very first we have which is the unquiet dead yeah so this is an episode from series one episode three with the ninth doctor and rose this is significant in many ways in that it's our first adventure into the past Mm. so it's an important one to get right alongside it being a ghost story, which is what it is. It's set in 1869, which is obviously the Victorian era, which is, I think, a classic for ghost stories. Yeah, especially with Charles Dickens there. Yeah. It seems very apt. Definitely. So this, we should mention, like you say, this is a kind of celebrity historical episode. It's got a famous figure. Which I've noticed they have a lot with these. They do. They do. I guess we'll get to that as we go through, but... Yeah, I think generally it works involving the famous historical figure in with the story if it has a link, and I like this one because obviously Dickens has connections with ghosts. He wrote A Christmas Carol, and this one is set at Christmas as well, and I think it's clever when they make the historical figure directly linked to the monster, which is one of these Halloween monsters, Yeah. And I like it here. I think it sets a precedent for going forward. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, we probably should mention the monster that we have here is the Gelf. Yeah, monsters, they're made of of gas. What do you think about the Gelf? I used to find them very scary. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I was was literally five years old when I watched this. (laughs) And when they went into the dead bodies and rose up out of the coffin... That is a scary thing to see. And at the end, when they all walking in unison towards the like, like that is creepy. But that's almost more zombie than ghost when they're yeah, like that. Yeah, I was thinking that. This is kind of a zombie ghost cross, almost. It is. Because I guess when they're flying around as blue gas, that's more ghosty. But hmm. kind of when they're moving slowly, that's very zombie-like. 
And I did find it very scary as a child, I remember. And I think the setting enhances their scariness. The fact that it's yeah. the Undertakers. And yeah, exactly. they've got the seance and, you know, they've got this communing with the spirits kind of thing. Yeah. It's very fitting for a ghost story. It is. What do you think about the look of them? Do you think they're effective as um, as ghosts or I think they're quite effective. I think they're very scary when they're when they're inhabiting the bodies, like you said. I yeah. think that works very well. They're kind of like obviously they're very humanoid at that point because they are the yeah. humans. They're just slightly starey and scary and like blue tinged. And then yeah. in their gas forms. I don't know, I do think they're quite good. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think they're not necessarily the best ghost story yeah. that Doctor Who's done, but it was a, a solid start. I found it scary as a child. I think it is quite a cool setting. I think the interaction with Dickens and the episode as a whole is, is very good, but not amazingly captivating. Yeah, they're nothing special. Like, no one is going around saying, we need to have the girl back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And I think maybe their kind of motive and the story with them isn't that special. They're just, they want to come into this world and take over the bodies because they their own world has been lost. Yeah. Which happens quite a lot in Doctor Who. Yes, it does. <laughs> so it's nothing like groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, I do like though that it introduces the rift. Yeah, that's true. And the rift becomes quite important, especially in Torchwood. Very important. So it's cool that we get the start of that here. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if they'd planned for that to be a uh, something to be carrying on, or if that was just a kind of throwaway comet that became so integral to <laughs> the spin-off show. Yeah, it became so integral. Maybe they had some idea that they'd use it again, but maybe didn't yeah. anticipate quite how much. Yeah. So the last thing I had to say about this one before we move on is that I think one thing that I do like about the Gelf is that it kind of links to what you were saying that we like about monsters when they relate to the everyday. Like, yeah. I think we forget this because obviously it's in the past, but the fact that it's gas, it's not the everyday to yeah. us anymore. But at the time, for the Victorians, gas lamps were the norm. That's true. If a Victorian person watched that, and they'd be paranoid about all their gas lamps exactly. being monsters. Exactly. And although... We don't use gas lamps anymore. We still use gas and we're still very, like, mm-hmm. it's still understandable as, like, the basis for an alien. We're like, okay, yeah. yes, gas and the science of it all. I think at one point the doctor talks about the reason why these corpses are, like, why the girls can use the corpses is that the, when bodies decompose, they produce gas. And then at the end, when Dickens has the plan to, like, turn on all the gas kind of valves and draw them out... I guess scientifically, in quotation marks, that makes sense. Yeah, true. So I do like that part of it. But at the same time, yeah, I don't know. Not amazing, but there are some nice aspects. Yeah. And I guess if we move on, there's a couple more episodes which I think are kind of more traditional, typical ghost stories in the same kind of vein as The Unquiet Dead. Yeah. And the next one that we wanted to talk about like that is Hyde which is Series 7, Episode 10, with the 11th Doctor and Clara, set Mm -hmm. also in the past, but much more modern, in 1974. What do you think about this one, Jazz? For me, this one is a little bit forgettable. Mm -hmm. I think 
it's all a bit kind of one note to me. Yeah. I feel like there's not a huge amount that really happens in this episode. I guess it's quite cool that they kind of have this photography way of capturing the goat. Like, that's quite an interesting thing because also the fact that when we see the ghost, that's not a ghost, that's a woman running away yeah. or something. And that's quite cool. I do like Because there are no actual ghosts really no. in this, are there? No, they're not. But it is very much a ghost story. It is a ghost story and the ghost herself is a mystery for much of the episode and then it's revealed that she's actually not an alien at all, not a ghost, yeah. but she's just a human time traveller who's trapped in a pocket universe. Exactly. And there are aliens in this episode, but they're not ghosts. There are. They are kind of spider things. Yeah, I I don't really like the actual alien of the episode. Yeah. They're a bit weird. They don't really have anything about them. No, I guess the only thing about them is they're looking for love. They're looking for love. Yeah. Which is quite a nice twist, considering you don't, they don't look like the type of creatures that would be looking for love. Yeah. But it's not overly compelling as an episode. I do like that the doctor says at one point, at the end, he says, this isn't a ghost story, it's a love story. It's the oldest story in the universe. This one, or any other, boy and girl fall in love, get separated by events, war, politics, accidents in time. She's thrown out of the hex, or he's thrown into it. Since then, they've been yearning for each other across time and space, across dimensions. This isn't a ghost story, it's a love story. And I quite like that because it's a direct comment on the ghost story like trope and how it's kind of inverted it. So I like that, but I completely agree with you that it's a bit one note. Yeah. It is a creepy haunted house, but beyond being like the standard kind of stock image. I think they could have done more, just like classic ghost story things to creep you out a bit more, just things moving around the house and I don't know, just kind of spooky occurrences it's just yeah, a bit because i think they yeah. do a better job with that in the haunting of villa diodati yeah i think they do a really good job with it in that yeah it also reminds me a little bit of knock knock yeah i like knock knock though which is also a haunted house kind of thing it is. but no ghosts which is why we haven't included them here yeah um so i guess focusing on the ghost herself i do like that it's a human it's a cool twist yeah i like the timey-wimey aspect of it the fact that the reason that she looks like she's kind of frozen in the same position every time they see her in the photographs is because time is moving much quicker for her Mm -hmm. and much slower for us so i like the sort of manipulation of time that's cool but yeah i guess overall there's not a huge amount to discuss there's not about the ghost because there's not really a ghost in this yeah exactly so yeah i guess we can move on then yeah so the next one we thought to talk about here is the haunting of villa diodati which is another kind of haunted house ghost story um which i think is actually really well done this episode What, what are your thoughts yeah i agree i really like this one it's really good isn't it yeah, it's really good. This is the most recent one that we've had of this this ilk. Yeah. It's series 12, episode 8, 13th Doctor with Ryan, Yaz and Graham. It's set in 1816. Again, there's historical celebrities. Yeah. Ours. And I think they make such good use of them. You know, this they make excellent use of real life events and yeah, the real Yeah, because again, they are writers that wrote scary yeah. stories. It's interesting they chose to not do a Frankenstein story. Yeah, I guess we're kind of led to believe that the ghost which turns out to be the lone Cyberman kind of 
is inspiring Frankenstein because he is kind of a composite of parts. Yeah, he is. But it's not a Frankenstein story. It is a ghost yeah. story. But I like that it's set on the night that inspired Frankenstein. And also... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and also I didn't realise till watching this episode, but it really was... 1816 was the year without a summer. Like, the weather was yeah. horrific all throughout the summer, and it's very atmospheric and very stormy, and I really like that. Yeah, I think this episode... What I think was missing in Hyde, which I think they did really well in this, is all the kind of just spooky happenings going on. Like them yeah. getting stuck in those loops, walking I love through doors that. and appearing out the same door. Stuff like that yeah. is so cool. And just so many kind of spooky things happening. Like the... Um, is it... I haven't watched this in a while. Is it like Graham sits down and there's the woman there? Yeah, I watched this one in preparation and yeah, they have that. Although that's kind of clever because Graham sits down and sees this ghost of, like, a maid and a girl. And you think that's all part of it. But then at the end, they sort of reveal that no one else saw that. And it's sort of like, is it a ghost? Yeah. (laughs) It's like a little comedic afternoon. But in general, they have so many things. It keeps you on edge. Yeah. Spooked out. You're always looking around at the different corners where different things are kind of, you see things. Exactly. It is cool. I love that. I love all the little things that they have. And then also, I didn't really remember this. So I don't know if you do, you probably do because you you remember the episodes better than me, but they explain all of this, all these creepy going-ons brilliantly when it's all revealed about Shelley and the Siberium and what's happening with that and how the Siberium, which is sort of in Shelley, he's trying to communicate with the rest of the house and it's sort of protecting him and the house is sort of trying to protect itself and it's all a bit confusing, but it all makes sense in the context of the episode. Yeah, and all the like walking through the walls. And I love that. Like that. It's it's really good. I really think it's a really great episode. Yeah, and in the ghost itself, we have the kind of lone Cyberman, I suppose. Yeah, what do you think of that? Cool. I think it's a cool because I didn't. I don't know about you, but I did not go into this episode expecting to see a Cyberman. No, me neither. Definitely <laughs> until not. like about halfway through when he shows up. I was quite surprised. Um, I think he's very creepy i think his kind of face or composite of i guess very very frankenstein as, as yeah. he would be with mary shelley but yeah very kind of creepy looking not a standard cyberman story no he's got a kind of different motive to most cybermen doesn't he yeah i think you're right he's definitely different and i think that makes it interesting because it's a mm. twist not only is it a twist on the classic ghost story but it's a twist on the Cyberman story, the classic Cyberman yeah. story, perhaps. I don't know if I, because I don't remember this as well, because I haven't seen it in a while. But also, like, he doesn't, like, he picks up the baby, doesn't he? What does he do with the baby? Yeah, it's like he has, he's very different to other Cybermen. He still has his emotions. Yeah, exactly. Because a regular Cyberman has all emotions zapped out of them. Yeah. So they wouldn't see a baby and have any care but he doesn't have any care he's just an evil person but he's like yeah i had a child and like i don't care kind of thing yeah (laughs) like it's kind of more scary in a way Mm. um yeah but i think it's just very clever and also i didn't realize but although some of the ghostly stuff is the cybermen some of the other ghostly stuff is shelly yeah like he's trying to like get in and he can't so he's appearing as like a like a kind of specter yeah, because he's, like, smashing things and stuff, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm just vaguely describing this episode and you've just seen it. I just keep saying random flashes <laughs> that come to my mind. But um, it's cool, isn't it? Because don't they show it again? Yes. Like, at the end, they show the same experiences from the point of view of him and it all explains it. No one could see me. 
It hid itself in me and hid me within the villa. And when he thought it might be discovered, it manipulated all of our perceptions. Since the Quicksilver has taken hold of me, I see symbols. Symbols and numbers. They will not leave my head, no matter how much I transcribe them. The symbols were all over his room, all over the walls. The house was like shifting sands. Yeah, exactly. But I think overall it's a very well-crafted episode. It I is. Really, I really enjoy it. And I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like this is a bottle episode, like a haunted house bottle mm. episode, which I really like. Yes, it kind of is. They don't really go anywhere else. Oh, and I have one thing which I wanted to mention to you. Mm-hmm. When I was watching this... I kind of felt like it was a take on the Everybody Lives moment at the end when she chooses to save Shelley. True. Like a kind of version of the one person Everybody Lives moments, like Kaikilius or like a yeah. shoulder. And they're all like, maybe we should just sacrifice Shelley. And she's like, no, because he's really important because his words go on to inspire others and we need to like yeah. protect him. His thoughts, his words inspire and influence thousands for centuries. If he dies now... Who knows what damage that will have on future history? Words matter. One death, one ripple, and history will change in a blink. The future will not be the world you know. The world you came from, the world you were created in, won't exist, so neither will you. And that's how she ends up giving the Cyberman what it wants, which obviously leads into the ascension of the Cyberman and the timeless child and all of that. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, it is. I didn't really think of that last time when we, we were saying that Jodie's series lacked and everybody was yeah. it. But maybe that is one that we kind of missed. Yeah. And another thing I think this episode does really well is it's a fantastic ensemble episode. Often mm. when they have lots of characters, it can be a bit like, why are there so many people? It was not necessary. Yeah. It slows it's it like down. dinosaurs on a spaceship where exactly. there's just like all these people and it's like, ugh. But this one, they all make sense. And it's especially impressive, I think, given that we've got a three companion episode, plus all yeah. these other historical figures. I love how they have that dance where they're all kind of gossiping about each other and setting. Yeah. It's a bit of exposition, just setting out who they all are, but it's doing it in a kind of stylish Such a good way. way and yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's really good. So I think we'd rate this episode then and this use of the ghost trope. I rate it very high. Yeah, and then this leads us on to discussing the other Cyberman ghost episode. Mm. The Haunting of Villa Diodati is the second time we've had the Cybermen appearing as ghosts. And obviously the first time was Army of Ghosts, which is in series two, episode 12, with the 10th Doctor and Rose. Yeah. What do you think of this one? It's cool. It's a cool premise because it's not scary ghosts it's the ghosts of people's loved ones and i mean yes. not that they actually are but everyone's kind of latched onto them as if they're they're missing loved ones and or not missing dead loved ones and i think that is a cool idea because obviously rose comes back and finds her mum being like i've got a surprise for you and all oh i get a bazillion she doesn't even say thanks guess who's coming to visit you're just in time to be here at 10 past who do you think it is i don't know i'll go and guess no i hate guessing just tell me it's your granddad Granddad Prentice. He's on his way. Any minute. Right. Cup of tea. She's gone mad. Tell me something new. Granddad Prentice has her dad. But he died like ten years ago. And that's a kind of cool 
idea that all these people have just accepted, yeah, the ghosts come every month or whatever. When do yeah. they <laughs> Like, they come multiple times a day. I really Yeah, it's like, like oh, it's ghost it. time again. I think it's very clever. And when we were coming up with this list, I'd sort of, I think you mentioned this one. And I was like, oh, of course, it's literally got ghosts in the title. But I don't yeah. think of it as a ghost story because... You don't, because it's not a ghost story in no. the kind of ooh, spooky sense, is it? Like the others. Yeah, so. but I love... I love it. It's set in the present. It feels very much like a sort of domestic in our lives kind of episode. Yeah, exactly. And I just love it. I love how humanity reacts. Yeah. The scene with the TV when they're like flipping through the channels. And tonight we're expecting very strong ghosts from London through the north and up into Scotland. So basically, Eileen, what you're telling me is that you are in love with a ghost. It's my ghost. And I love him 24 7. Well, no one needs me anymore. My ghost was pale and grey until I discovered Ectoshine. It's all over the world. Listen to me, Den Watts. I don't care if you have come back from the grave. Get out of my pub! Exactly, because there's like adverts including ghosts. They've got EastEnders, they've got the news, they've got like Jeremy Kyle type shows. It's like, yeah, it's a fantastic way of showing how it's infiltrated. It and is. I feel like if this were to happen, this is exactly how we would react, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. And I think we actually arrived two months into this, Jackie says. Yeah. So people have adjusted. So we're not yeah. seeing the like initial panic and screaming. We just see exactly. them living with the ghosts. And like you say, the fact that the ghosts are using people's memories is clever. The doctor says mm. it's like a psychic link that they're doing to pull themselves in. I really like yeah. that. And it's cool. I guess the ghosts aren't really the main focus point They're of not, this episode no. it's more about torchwood and the goings on there yeah but i mean i i kind of love the reveal at the end when when you start to kind of hear their hear the cybermen yeah. stomp before they even show themselves and you're like wait a minute <laughs> They're not ghosts. <laughs> yeah, I love this line that the doctor says where he says, a footprint doesn't look like a boot. But these Cybermen, what's they got to do with the ghosts? The revelation, a footprint doesn't look like a boot. Achieving full transfer. They're Cybermen. All of the ghosts are Cybermen. Millions of them. Right across the world. And they sort of morph into into Cybermen. It's so good. And then we have all the running and screaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, we have the Daleks. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. But it's really good. No, I really it's like really that. It's really cool. It's not really a ghost story. It's not. But it's definitely, but... definitely features ghosts. Yeah. At least what they think of as ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you have to say about this one? Not particularly, no. Shall we discuss the next one? Yeah. The last one we have in the ghost bracket is the series nine, episode three and four, Under the Lake and Before the Flood. What do you think about this, Molly? Yeah, I think I think it's cool that we have a future-based ghost story. Mm. You know, the traditional images of a ghost story being a historical thing, and the majority of the ones that we've had in this category are, and this is kind of nice, it's like a combination of the ghost story with base under siege mm, yeah i think they look very creepy these they do ghosts. their eyes all like blacked out yeah and it's creepy that they're people that we see as normal people and then turn into these ghosts it's quite 
yeah um, creepy especially when we see the doctor as one yeah i really like that it's like picking people off one by one one of those stories yeah. and it really one works of those classics <laughs> yeah what do you think about this no I, I really do like this episode both episodes i guess the the first part is the most kind of ghosty i suppose yeah when i watched the um trailer i just there's a little like 30 second trailer on youtube for this episode yeah. and all it is is the 12th doctor saying they can walk through walls they only come out at night and they're sort of see-through doctor wait you're not saying they're ghosts and that's what they were selling this episode as. So they're really selling it as a ghost story. Yeah. And I think it does come across as a ghost story, at least to begin with. It's very spooky. I like how they're all mouthing yeah. these words and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Again, it's quite a big kind of ensemble It is cast. But make that makes sense for the picking off one by one kind of situation. Yeah, and because it's a two-parter, there's sort of enough time to develop some of them. Exactly. But, yeah, I think it is effective. I think it's an effective use of ghosts, I think. Yeah. I like how the second part goes back in time and it's sort of Mm. like trying to figure out how this came to be. That is cool. I'm a little hazy on how it all resolves. So am I. It needs a a rewatch. Yeah. I don't remember being that impressed by the Fisher King who turns out to be behind it all. Yeah, but the Doctor's speech to the Fisher King... Is very good. You robbed those people of their deaths. Made them nothing more than a message in a bottle. You violated something more important than time. You bent the rules of life and death. So I am putting things straight. So what is it in this episode that the ghosts actually turn out to be? And what is it that they want? I think maybe that's something that we should think about in evaluating whether these what we like about these monsters and these episodes. is like, what are the ghosts trying to do? Can't really remember for this one. Yeah, I don't remember with this. <laughs> so I guess maybe that's a slight downside in that. I don't want to hold this against it too much. Obviously, we think it's a very good episode, but I can't. Obviously, the kind of purpose of the ghost hasn't stuck with us that much. Yeah. But I remember liking it. I really like it. It's very kind of creepy. Yeah, and then adding in the water and the flood element of it. Yeah. Is extra creepy. It's good. You kind of feel like they really could hurt you, these ghosts. Aren't they wielding, like, weapons and Axes. things? Axes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is creepy. Yeah. Yeah, because some of the other ghosts, you don't feel like... I don't know, they're just walking towards you, like, what can they really do? They'll walk through you, you know? Yeah. But these ghosts, they're they're going in for the kill. So I guess that's sort of the end of our ghost discussion. Yeah. Of these, should we do a mini wrap-up? Yeah, yeah. So which one do you like the best of all these ghosts, do you think? I would say the episode I like the best of all those is The Haunting of Villa Diodati. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I agree. I think that's probably my favourite episode. Yeah. I guess if we're just kind of, if we're just looking at the ghosts themselves as a monster. I also really like Army of Ghosts, the ghosts in that. I think it's such a clever use of ghosts. It is cool, isn't it? Yeah. Because I guess most of these aren't actually ghosts. 
No. I mean, I guess none of them are ghosts. None of them are ghosts. Um, I think ghosts don't exist. And I think the Doctor Who universe also acknowledges, like, the Doctor is like, ghosts ghosts don't exist. exist. Even though we're calling these ghosts, like, they're aliens or they're something else. Like, what is behind it that's making us think it's a ghost? Exactly. I think maybe the best looking, the scariest looking of them, is the Under the Lake Before the Flood. I do like that. Yeah, I think they are very creepy looking. I would agree with that. Cool. And then I suppose the logical place for us to go next is sort of zombies, because we've kind of mentioned that a lot of these ghost ones are sort of also zombie-like, particularly I think the Unquiet Dead, and then kind of also Under the Lake Before the Flood. Yeah, they're quite zombie-like. They're dead, you know, creatures that have been reanimated. Yeah, that's true. And we don't have a lot in our zombie category, but it's maybe worth a little mention. Yeah, because there's no episodes... I would say, where it's like, this is a zombie episode. Yeah. They're kind of just creatures that resemble zombies <laughs> yeah. um, a few times, but they're not so much... They're not. None of them are like, this is a zombie story we're telling here. Exactly. One we thought was quite zombie-like is Oxygen from series 10. Yes. Those creatures definitely look zombie-like, and they move zombie-like. They do, and this was one that I actually watched this morning, just because I had some time, um, and I couldn't really remember it that well. And I think the zombie creatures are quite scary-looking. Yeah, they are. I like the premise of this one. I like that... It's the suits. Yeah, the suit is the big bad, and the corporation that controls them, and it's the fact that the suits have been ordered to, they say, deactivate the organic component. And this is because the people have become inefficient and they're sort of too expensive to live and it's better off for them to to kill them. Yeah. And I think this idea of having to pay for your oxygen is quite dystopian. And it's cool that, for example, they measure the distances in the the space station where they are in breaths. Yeah, that's, that's clever. But it's not explicitly a zombie episode. No. But the creatures are definitely reminiscent of zombies they are and they look very scary and it's kind of all Mm -hmm. intertwined in this it's a very classic kind of space sci-fi also kind of a base under siege episode yeah picking people off which i do like yeah i do think the episode is, is good yeah and kind of just thinking about it now it does remind me of under the lake before the flood Mm. And it's kind of interesting that in that one, the Doctor sort of becomes one of the ghosts. Yeah. And in this one, Bill becomes one of the zombies. Yes. I really like that bit where Bill can't get a helmet and the Doctor's like... It's scary. It goes creepy and yeah. Yeah. And that's when the Doctor becomes blind. Yeah. I'm still blind. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Very dramatic. It's very dramatic. It's a very scary episode. It opens with the Doctor talking about space is the final frontier and the reason is because Mm. it's final because it kills you yeah i forgot about that bit the doctor's like lecture yeah so how does space kill you the main problem is pressure there isn't any so don't hold your breath or your lungs will explode blood vessels rupture exposed areas swell fun fact The boiling temperature of water is much lower in a vacuum, which means that your sweat and your saliva will boil. 
as will the fluid around your eyes. You won't notice any of this because 15 seconds in, you passed out as oxygen bubbles formed in your blood. And 90 seconds in... You're dead. Any questions? Pretty good. So that's kind of our zombie creature that we have. Um, any others you can think of? Well, yeah, because we're thinking also in dark water slash death in heaven. Yeah. Although it's not a zombie story and the creatures are not zombies, they are Cybermen. But the the fact that they are bodies being transformed and climbing out of graves and walking, like that's that's a classic zombie movie trope, isn't it? It is. We didn't think about this one until just before recording, so I haven't really prepared anything, but it is, like you say, a classic yeah. zombie trope. It's very scary and it makes perfect sense. I love it. I think the Cybermen ghost stories, the Cybermen zombie stories, whatever, are very good. Yeah, they are. I'm realising. I like them all. And it makes sense that the Cybermen, you know, they're trying to turn all humans into Cybermen. Why wouldn't they go for the dead ones, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, Doctor Who has a lot of a lot of creatures throughout Doctor Who that are that move and look quite zombie-like. Yes. Things like the empty child. The flood in the waters of Mars. The flood. Even moving zombie-like, even the the people in New Earth with all their yeah. boils. They kind of stumble yeah. about slowly. And they've got the zombie thing of they touch you and you become yeah. like them. You know. Exactly. Well, although zombies is usually a bite. Yeah. But they're transforming you. Infecting. Yeah. But yeah, it's always a classic scary trope is these kind of slow moving creatures that just walk towards you in an ominous way. That's a scary thought. And I think Doctor Who does use that a lot. Yeah. Also, not really zombie-like, but a scary slow moving one is the veil in Heaven's Scent. That's true. Yes. And that's kind of dead, isn't it? Yeah. So perhaps that counts. Perhaps. Yeah, so that's zombies. There's never been an explicit zombie story, but definitely a lot of kind of references. Yeah. Yeah. Next, do you want to talk about um, witches? Yeah, I think witches is kind of a very classic Halloween monster. Yeah. It makes perfect sense for it to be a Doctor episode, and there's been two. Yeah. I think they're both solid episodes. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. The first one that we have, if we go chronologically, is um, The Shakespeare Code. Yeah. So again, historical celebrity. Yeah. Um, with the things he wrote about. Same as, as Dickens and Shelley. Yeah. And I think that is the key. And I think we'll come on to this when we come on to Wells, because that's our other celebrity historical, which is Queen Victoria. Mm. I don't think that works so well. And I think using the writers and connecting them to things that they wrote about yeah. is a good way to do these kind of monster yeah, stories. Because you can kind of play on it being you can. that's what's inspired them to do it or like that's it's it's in there. Why Why is it with you and stuff like It's always kind of like... That's a strange coincidence, or is it a coincidence? And stuff? Yeah, and it's kind of like, it makes sense, because things like ghosts and witches are things that have been written about a lot. Yeah, throughout history as well, it's yeah. not a new thing, they've been doing it since exactly. these times. Exactly, so, so it makes sense that these celebrated writers would have some connection. So this is another one like that, so this is Series 3, Episode 2, The Tenth Doctor and Martha, mm-hmm. also set in the past. 
Um, and yeah, also with Shakespeare. Yeah. And I think this one, to me, this one is very much modelled on The Unquiet Dead. It feels like this is Martha's version of The Unquiet Dead. It's very yeah, similar. Yeah, it kind of does feel like that to me too. Yeah. But... What do you, do you like this one? What do you like about the witches or what do you not like I about do. the witches? I think the witches, they're very kind of stereotypical witches. They've got their yeah. kind of old faces and their cauldrons and their voodoo and magic. And it feels very what you would think of for witches. Yeah. I don't know if I like that or not. I'm not particularly I'm not sure. pulled away by their appearance. No. But they are very classic, like you say, which maybe They're is a good classic. thing. I like the voodoo stuff. It's always kind of creepy. Like making Shakespeare write his play and stuff. Yeah, like that. no, cool. that's, that is cool. I like that. I like how they all link into the play. And then at the end with the power of words, you know. I like the Carrionites. Mm. Obviously, the Carrionites are the creatures that the witches the are. Carrionite. Exactly. And I love this idea of the power of the name and that yeah. it's old magic. And the doctor says, you know, how... The Carrionites use words instead of numbers. What did you do? I named her the power of a name. That's all magic. But there's no such thing as magic. Well, it's just a different sort of science. You lot, you chose mathematics. Given the right string of numbers, the right equation, you can split the atom. The Carrionites use words instead. And I like mm. that. I think it's cool. That and is it, cool. And then they tie that into the globe by the shape of the globe. It's 14 sides, giving the words extra power. Yeah. And it's cool. It is cool. I like how Martha's like, it's all very Harry Potter. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's relating to kind of our our current witches. Yeah, like a modern understanding of witches, a modern variation of that. Yeah. What do you think, if we're comparing it to The Unquiet Dead, which it is similar mm-hmm. to, and it's similar to the Gelf I noticed in that it's opening sort of a portal and letting them mm, all through. That's what they're trying true. to do. Do you have a favourite of those two? I feel like maybe this one I prefer. Yeah, I, I don't think this one is one I love, but I think that's just because no. series three is so strong. Yeah, it is a very strong series. But in the context of these episodes, I think it is it is a good one. I do like it. It is pretty decent. Any negatives for you of the witches? I don't know. They're just not that interesting. No. Like, it's very kind of standard, haha, cackly witch, you know? It's like, yeah. we've seen that before. Yeah. It's fine. They've done some clever things with them, like, as you were saying, with all the power of the word and yeah. stuff. But as the creatures themselves, they're not, like, particularly enthralling to me. No. I think you're right. Although, I think it's interesting when we compare it to our other witch episode, which mm. is the witch finders. That's when they try yeah. to do something a bit different, but also I don't love how they've kind of made the witches in this one. Yeah, so this is the witch finders from series 11 with the 13th Doctor and Ryan and Yaz and Graham. They go back to the time of the, the witch trials where they're sentencing women as witches and dunking them and all that, which I think is a cool setting. It's yeah. a cool context to look at because that was what people actually did. That's not a mythological no. thing. Like We did that. Exactly. I really like that. I think in a way, this story is the most grounded in the reality of all of these stories because mm. these witch trials really did happen. Yeah. And I love that they've done that with the 13th Doctor because obviously it means something completely different that it would have meant... I think that's really... Yeah, exactly. Because if it was 
any of the other male doctors. Yeah. They would never be accused of being a witch. <laughs> I have seen you with your wand raising your kin from the dead. Yes. What? No, hold on a sec. You are no witchfinder's assistant. You are Satan's acolyte. I am not. That's why it's happening today, because you are here, as you say, to take over this village. You know that's not what I meant. We do not have time for this. Mr. Savage is correct. It is your fault that Alfonso is dead. I tried to save him. You saved them from being shot? You said this evil fell from the heavens. Oh, yes, it fell, like your lord. Lucifer! Honestly, if I was still a bloke, I could get on with the job and not have to waste time defending myself. Of course, if if there's a woman there with her magic wand and doing these yeah. magical things, of course she would be. It makes so much sense. Yeah. It's one of the episodes that really does explore the differences between how the gender of the Doctor yeah. can affect them. Because it's also with the whole kind of chief witch finder and they're yeah. like, no, you're not. <laughs> they think it's great. Yeah. Um, it is interesting to look at. What do you think about the actual monsters? They're called the Morax, I think. And they're sort of made of mud. Yeah, so they're not really witches. Yeah, they're more like dead bodies filled with sentient mud. Yeah. They're creepy looking, definitely. They are. They kind of gross me out, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because it's good that they look creepy, but they do kind of gross me out a bit. Yeah. They are... They're fine. They're not... Amazing. No. Again. <laughs> um, I would say. I don't know. What's their motive is that they were imprisoned. Yeah, under this below tree. Below this tree. And then when she tries to cut them down, that she's unintentionally released it, right? Yeah. She's released them. It's kind of an interesting premise. It is. I guess. A motive that you wouldn't have really thought of. Um Yeah, I don't know. The witches themselves, they're not the kind of witch finding and the dunking of real women, I find that more interesting than yes. the kind of witches themselves. I think you're right. Yeah. Like the premise is very interesting. They could have maybe done something different with that, I think. Yeah, because the other aspects of the episode I really like. I also really love King James. King James is, I think, the highlight of the episode. <laughs> He's hilarious. He's so good. Yeah. Madam, I have come to your rescue. King James, your majesty. You may prostrate yourselves before me, God's chosen ruler and Satan's greatest foe, come to vanquish the scourge of witchcraft across the land. Forgive the mask, I have enemies everywhere and have to travel incognito. Also, I rather like the drama. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, another historical figure. Yeah. I think this episode had a lot of potential, and I think it does a decent job. Yeah. But I think it could have done better. Yeah. So what do you prefer of the Shakespeare Code and the Witchfinders? I'm not sure. They both don't stand out to me as being amazing. Yeah. I think the Witchfinders could have been better. I like the premise. I think that's more intriguing. But the execution of the monster is perhaps better in the Shakespeare Code. Yeah, exactly. Because I really do like all the stuff with the 13th Doctor. And yeah, me too. I think that's actually really interesting. And I think maybe the first, like, half of the episode, I think, is actually done really well. Um, I think King James is really great. So I think maybe even I would say The Witchfinders I prefer as an episode. Yeah, it's maybe got more highlights. Yeah. Well, let's move on then to our next 
creature, which is the werewolf. We've only got one episode for this, which is series two episode, Tooth and Claw. Yeah. Um, which is the Tenth Doctor and Rose. What are your thoughts on the werewolf and on this episode about the werewolf? I think there's moments I really like. I think the werewolf before he transforms is very, very creepy. <laughs> like sitting in his cage with his eyes all black and... I think that is quite scary. What planet are you from? Oh, intelligence. Where were you born? This body, 10 miles away. A weakling, heartsick boy, stolen away at night by the brethren for my cultivation. I carved out his soul and sat in his heart. I think. For me, personally, I don't know if it's just me, but I prefer a werewolf to look less muscly and big. <laughs> I kind of prefer the, like, Harry Potter-esque werewolf, who's a bit kind of weedier. <laughs> and that might just be me. That's so interesting that you say that, because I've written down, and I distinctly remember as a child being like, the Doctor Who werewolf is so much better than the Harry Potter really? werewolf. I remember really not liking the Harry Potter one. See, I think the Harry Potter one is scarier because it looks more human. Yeah. So to me, when something looks more human, it's more scary. Because if you're looking at a big monster, it just looks like a big animal. It looks like a lion. I know lions are scary. If I was encountering a lion, I'd be scared. <laughs> but like, but you know, it's not yeah. as kind of creepy to me. Yeah. But that's interesting. Do, do you still think that now? Do you still think you prefer the big... I think I like the Harry Potter one more than I did. I do like this one i don't know what it is because i think this episode it's not one i really like and i can't really pinpoint why it kind of creeps me out and i know that's what these are trying to do so i don't <laughs> want to hold it against it and i was thinking like you said about when he's in his human form with his scary eyes like i find that really scary yeah but in my head that's a scary thing that's a sort of detractor but i guess it shouldn't be because that's what it's supposed to do, you know? Yeah, and I think it's very it's very cinematic. It feels a bit like a yeah. movie, this one. It's all CGI running through the corridors away. It's all... I, I mean, I do, I do actually like this episode quite a lot, personally. What do you think about the Victoria element? Yeah, I mean, I, as you said, there's not really... As far as I'm aware, is there any... Is there a link with Queen Victoria and werewolves in real life? I don't think so. No, I mean, they make that comment at the end that isn't it something like they have this blood deficiency thing that's like inherited and like, is it a werewolf? But there's not really a connection. Yeah, it seems a bit kind of random. They just Yeah, and I I couldn't really remember what the point was, like what the werewolf was trying to do. So I looked it up and it's that there's this group of the warrior monk characters that are trying to use this alien werewolf to take over the British Empire and start an empire of the wolf. Yeah, well, I quite like it when they're creepily chanting and like... (laughs) Yeah, I think the monks as like the sub villain of the episode are quite effective yeah i do like this one i like this one too i don't think i like it as much as the other celebrity historicals yeah Uh, i don't know actually it's difficult to say (laughs) it is a difficult one to say i think it's a solid episode i don't think i can fault too much of it i just think perhaps it's not just one of my personal favorites yeah 
Yeah, maybe same, to be honest. Okay, well, let's move on then. Yeah, so another one we thought of to discuss would be The Mummy. Um, Clearly, this is integral in The Mummy on the Orient Express from Series 8. What do you think of this one? Yeah, so this one, I really would like to rewatch this episode because it's a bit hazy in my mind. Yeah. But from my memory, I really like it. And I watched a couple of clips and I think this one, the creature, is one of the most scary looking ones. It's very creepy. Yeah, it really is. The way its feet drag on the floor was creepy. Yeah. Like, it like bends. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's really good. I like that. I like that a lot. And it's playing on this legend of the foretold is what it is. Yeah, I think it's it's cool. Yeah, I think I like the setting. It's in the future, but it's on the Orient Express. It's almost like the Titanic. Yeah, it's like the Titanic. And it makes perfect sense. Like we're already doing, you know, we do themed parties now of like the 1920s. So of course they would have like this space train that's decked out to look like the Orient Express. And then I'm a bit hazy on the details, but it's like the facade drops, isn't it? And it's like a lab and they've got all these scientists there to try and figure out what's happening. Yeah, so they've lured everyone there to this, all these scientists and experts in mythology and that type of thing. They've lured them under the guise of this Orient Express luxury trip. Um, but someone has actually lured all these people together to solve this mummy case But what situation. is he trying to do with that? This is what I'm unsure. Yeah, I know that the foretold turns out to be, what the Doctor figures out is that he's a soldier from a war a long time ago, a war that, yeah. and the Doctor kind of stops his killing spree by surrendering, which is releasing him Releasing from his, duty. his duties. Yeah. And if that sounds like a flag, if this is a flag, that means that you are a soldier. Wounded in a forgotten war thousands of years ago. But they've worked on you, haven't they, son? They've filled you full of kit. State-of-the-art face camouflage, personal teleporter. Ten seconds. And all that tape inside you, it just won't let you die. Well, it won't let the war end. It just won't let you stop until the war is over. We surrender! Zero. I think that's quite cool. I think... I really do like it when the Doctor takes on the mummy himself, like he takes on the curse from Maisie. Yeah. It's your grief, your trauma, your resentment. And now, it's mine. It's gone. No, no, it's not enough for me, because now it thinks I'm you. Start the clock. I'm the doctor and I will be your victim this evening. Are you my mummy? I saw a link between this and what Clara does in Face the Raven, where she takes yeah. she takes a curse off someone else in the hopes that she will buy herself enough time to be able to stop it herself. Um, but obviously, for her, maybe she was inspired by the doctor to do this and then it didn't work out in her case. That's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I also think this episode relates to um, some of the others that we've discussed and that we're going to discuss in that it's one of these mm-hmm. picking the victims off one by one. Yeah, and I love how it. I love how only one person can see it. I think that's quite a cool yeah. 
that's scary because imagine everyone scary. else just thinks you're crazy and you're seeing this monster and i really like how they have the little clock i was gonna to say that out. you've only got yeah. 66 six seconds. seconds yeah, yeah. So I do like this one. I really like it. I think it's really cool. It's a solid one. Do you have anything else on this one or shall we? I don't think so. Okay. So then less obviously a mummy, but also enough a mummy that we thought it was relevant to include on this list is the trilogy of the monks. So Extremis, The Pyramid at the End of the World and The Lie of the Land, which are all episodes in series 10, episodes 6, 7 and 8 with Bill and the 12th Doctor, that directly follow on from Oxygen, actually. Yeah. So the villain here is the monks, who kind of look like mummies. They definitely look mummy and they are also in a pyramid. Yeah, that's their spaceship, right? Yeah, so they are very reminiscent of mummies, aren't they? Although that's never... I don't know. It's not really the main point of them. Yeah, so I don't have too much to say on this because they're not... Their mummy-like appearance isn't really integral to the plot. Yeah. Although it definitely fuels their creepiness. Yeah, they're very creepy. And I, I really do like those episodes. But I suppose they're not much to do with this kind of halloween monster. Yeah, and I guess, I guess kind of the fact that they look like mummies, which are so, you know, they're ancient. Yeah. It kind of links to them. It does. What they're trying to kind of instill in humanity, this idea that they've been there all along. Mm. But I think maybe this is more... um, I feel like I have a lot to say about these episodes, but not so much to do with the monsters themselves. So maybe another time we can do an episode discussing these. Yeah, definitely. The Monk trilogy. Uh, Yeah. Well, we only have a couple left. Yeah, so another obvious one is vampires. So we have Vampires of Venice. Yes. Um, which is in series five with the eleventh Doctor and Amy and Rory's first adventure. Yeah, isn't this it? is Rory's first adventure. This is another one that's set in the past. This is in fifteen eighty. Yeah. I think it's very funny that Rory's walking around in his in his stag do yeah. t shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's funny. I like that. Yeah, what do you think about this episode? Well, this episode, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan. I think I've only seen it once or twice and maybe I should rewatch it because I feel like I'm probably missing some of the of the good bits, but yeah. I don't love it. I think the girls like in their vampire form are creepy in quite a good way, but I'm not a huge fan of them as like the space fish thing. Yeah, I liked this episode a lot more the second time. I, I liked it more than I expected right, to have liked okay. it when I rewatched. Yeah. Um, I actually do think it's quite a fun kind of romp. Yeah. Like, they're, like, climbing up the towers and, like, oh, I'm going to pretend to be your brother and submit you yeah, to this. Yeah, I like that. I think it's quite fun. And I quite like how it's kind of set up with these young girls being sent off to their kind of school yeah, and then how that links to what the alien wants, isn't it? That yeah. all the women of their species have been killed off. Yes. So they need the girls. Yeah. So I actually do, I do quite like this episode. I don't know. The vampires themselves, they're quite creepy. They are quite kind of stereotypical vampires in the sense that like they don't have a reflection. Yeah. They have their teeth. They can't go out in the in the sunlight. Um, stuff like that is quite... They are quite vampire-y, but I mm, don't know. I think for me, perhaps why 
it doesn't call to me so much as an episode. Maybe I overdosed on vampires in my Twilight days, you know, because I used to be very obsessed with Twilight. (laughs) I don't know. I I preferred Moffat's Dracula series. Haven't seen that. It was very good. Yeah. I liked it. Um, So yeah, it's kind of... I don't know. I feel like they could have done... I don't know whether Venice was the right kind of setting for vampires. I'm not sure. I think they could have done vampires in a kind of different, in a kind of more stereotypical sense and drew them in the creepy castle and the um, all that. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think I read a little bit that this episode was supposed to be something different. Ah. It was always going to be set in Venice, but I think it was going to be more of like a romance thing. And then they were like, we want to do vampires, so they combined it. So I think maybe if they were coming up with it from scratch... I think Venice was already the setting sort of before the vampires were imported into it. Yeah, I don't know. I think they could have done something else with the vampire. Like, I think they could have done something cooler. Yeah. They didn't really do much about, like, the drinking blood and, like, no. all the kind of creepy vampire-esque things. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it's a solid episode. Yeah, I guess if they had done it more traditionally, it would have been another Victorian one. And we have a lot of Victorian episodes. That's true. I think... It's pretty good, but it doesn't stand out as... I feel like I'm saying that for most of these episodes. I'm saying <laughs> they're pretty good, but they're not standing out to me as like, oh, yes, must watch, brilliant. Like, yeah, you know, they're, they're all kind of fine. They're a, a fun adventure. <laughs> exactly. Which is kind of what I would say about our next one, which is The Curse of the Black Spot. Yeah, I think this is also does count as a kind of Halloween-y creature, the siren. Perhaps less so, but also definitely... Less stereotypical, but is, yeah, mythological creature. Exactly. So this is also Amy and Rory, also the 11th Doctor, just the next series. Yeah. What do you think? I quite like it. In my mind, it's quite quite short. I know it's not. So I think maybe they just didn't put a huge amount into it. It's not kind of jam-packed with story. Yeah. But I quite like how she kind of appears out of the water and they realise she's coming out of reflection and stuff like that. I think it's quite it's quite cool and you don't know where they're like when Rory gets taken it's quite cool because you're like, oh Yeah. That's not good. I like the rationale behind the monster in this. I think the siren, like she's like a doctor or a nurse or something from another world. Yeah. And she's been trapped on Earth and Just she has no patience. To help people. And she yeah, she's trying to cure these sailors. Like every time they get a tiny cut, she's like, ah Yeah. And so they think they're being marked for death, but she's marking them as like, I've got to cure you. And I like that. I think that's cool and that it's is different. Cool. It's a cool misunderstanding. Exactly. But I don't know, I don't love the look of her yeah i don't know i guess it's kind of stereotypical it's fine she does look like a just a green lady (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i guess putting her in her context what do you think of the pirate theme and everything that definitely all adds up that there would be pirates and sirens and because that seems like the kind of story yeah that seems like an appropriate monster for a story set on a pirate ship yeah I feel like, for me, The Curse of the Black Spot is similar to The Vampires of Venice and Tooth and Claw, in that I like them all. I just don't love them, and I don't really know why. Yeah. I think this one is a little more boring, though, than The Vampires of Venice and Tooth and Claw. Perhaps, yeah. I think there's a bit less going on. Yeah, I can't really remember. I couldn't tell you, like, any of the intricacies of the plot. Yeah. 
I mean, I kind of remember it pretty well. I probably could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's not, it's just not got loads to it. No. It's kind of a, a standard kind of basic story. Maybe that's the nature, though, of these monsters. They're just not, they're, they're not yeah. the original ideas that we crave with Doctor Who. We want to be like, oh, wow, how interesting. But you don't get yeah. that sandwich with these. Like, if you think of our review last week of Listen. Yeah. Like, we were raving about that because that was a unique monster to Doctor Who, you know? Yeah, it's so intriguing and just, like, really keeps you on your toes. Whereas something like this, maybe it's just something we've seen before. Yeah. In loads of movies and, like, yeah. throughout media. And it's like, you can't be that original with no. it. No. And so I think they do it well, what they're doing with it. I think yeah. all of these are well done. But it's just, perhaps it's not that memorable. It doesn't stand out because it's yeah. a variation on a theme we've seen time and again. Yeah. Exactly. So... The very last one that we have is Satan, the Devil, mm. which is in Series 2, Episode 8 and 9, the two-parter, The Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit, which is a Tenth Doctor and Rose adventure. And I really like this one. I really so do. So do I. I think this is an example of one where they did make it quite original. It's not so yes. much about... It's not really about the devil. It's about like this concept of belief and like is the devil a real concept or is it just something we've all th- thought and believed in? And I think that is cool. I think they did it in an original way. Yeah, that's what I love about it is they kind of... I rewatched the speech at the end with the 10th Doctor when mm, he's facing off speech. with the beast and I think that sums it up perfectly and it sums up everything that I love about it. Is perfect. It's absolute. It's eternal. Oh yes! Open the prison, the gravity field collapses. This planet falls into the black hole. You escape, you die. Brilliant! That's just the body. The body is trapped, that's all. The devil is an idea. In all our civilizations, just an idea. But an idea is hard to kill. An idea could escape. The mind, the mind of the great beast, the mind can escape. The devil is an idea that's part of all civilizations. And because it's part of all civilizations, it's very difficult to kill. And it's sort of this clever idea of the separation of the mind and the body. And although the body is in prison, the mind is trying to escape. And because it's all about the idea, the ideology, the mythology of the the beast in all these different yeah. societies and all these cultures, and I like that a lot. I agree. I think it's really cool, and I think the whole kind of look of it's very cool. Yeah. It's like this massive. But what's cool is that the massive, huge devil body is not really the scary part. No, it's him going into these other people and trying to get out his possession of toby zed and then of the ood as well and it's like very scary yeah but it's a very cool spectacle seeing it is i think the spectacle of the of the beast with the tiny doctor yeah it's cool and i mean i love the like you said the discussion about belief and what it means and i think it's kind of doctor who grappling with philosophical questions in a way and I I like that Mm. and I mean I love when he says well I've seen a lot of this universe 
I've seen fake gods and bad gods and demigods and would-be gods. Not all that. Out of that whole pantheon, if I believe in one thing, just one thing, I believe in her. I just really like that. Yeah, that is good. I'd, I'd rate this, rate it high. I rate this one highly, both the episode as a whole and the way it deals with the devil. Yeah. Do you think, it's just coming to me now as we're discussing, it kind of is similar to the monster in Listen, in that we never find out what the beast really was and it sort of That's remains true. a mystery. That's true, it's left kind of very ambiguous. It's kind of up to you to yeah. decide what you think it is. Obviously not in the same way as Listen, but kind yeah. of. Because Listen, we never we never see anything. No, it's but... much more mysterious, but this is still yeah. mysterious to an extent. It's left up to like, what actually was that? Yeah, and the doctor says that at the end. They're like, what yeah. was that? And he's like, I don't know, never figured it out. Like, But he's like, that's kind of the fun of it. Like, what's the yeah. point if you know it all? It's true. I like that. I think that's a good one to end on because yeah. I really enjoy it. So do I. An example of it done really well. Yeah. And obviously we haven't really mentioned the context. It's not particularly relevant to the devil, but this is yeah. a future-based story. It's kind of a classic spaceship, space station, base under siege type thing. One by one, killing off story. Which I enjoy. Yeah, so do I. So I think that's all of the monsters that we can think of. Yeah. But we have a few questions we thought we'd discuss. Yeah, just to finish it off, some closing ones. So of all of these jazz... Mm-hmm. What are your favourites? And I guess we could split this into what are your favourites in terms of their appearance and what are your favourites mm. in terms of their the story that goes with them, their, yeah. their motive, perhaps. Yeah, so in terms of just appearance, like what looks scary and effective, I, I really like the look of the mummy on the Orient Express. I think that's really quite creepy. Yeah, it's probably my top. Yeah, it's really good. Um... Looks wise, what else? Like, I like Under the Lake Before the Flood. Yeah, they're creepy. I like them too. Yeah, I think maybe those two I'd say as the kind of scariest looking. Yeah. But then in terms of kind of the monster as a whole, in terms of its impact on the episode, um, I think I have three top ones okay interesting what are your three um the haunting of villa diodati yep i agree because i just think really cleverly done scary ghost story the ghost is very cool it is and also has the episode as a whole has these great comedic moments and like romantic yeah. moments and it's just exactly a good I, I think it's a really overall good good episode yeah um, and then I really like Mummy on the Orient Express. Yeah. I just, I love the 12th Doctor. <laughs> Me too. He shines in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, yeah. I think, again, it's it's one that's got a lot of, it's got a lot to it. It's got kind of a whole side story going on about the Doctor and Clara's kind of yeah. relationship in this We time. didn't touch it's on that at all. On rocks. Yeah, but again, that's something that really adds to the story. Yeah, this is her last trip. Like, it's her last hurrah, supposedly. Yeah, again, yeah, exactly. But it's scary, the monster's creepy, it's a cool kind of idea that all these scientists and stuff have been lured here. I think it's very cool. Yeah. And then I would say, I think, The Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit. 
Yeah. For me. I agree. As my top three of this lot. Because I just think, again, as we were just saying about it, it's very, very cool. Very deep. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'd agree with you. Yeah. Any others? The only other one that I really like, I love the ghost element of it, is the army of ghosts. Mm, the army of ghosts. Yeah, but the thing is about that, it's not so much about the ghosts. I think they make that two-parter, I would never really think about it and think about the ghosts. No. I like the ghost element, but it's a small part of it. I think that part is done very well. Yeah, exactly. It is done really well. But I guess the overwhelming monsters of that two-parter is like Daleks versus Cybermen. Yeah. And then separation. And Torchwood, of course. Yes. Yeah. Fab. Okay, next question then. Are there any of these creatures that you would like to come back? Hmm. Honestly, I don't think so. No, only probably <laughs> the Cybermen for me. Of course, the Cybermen. But most of those, the ones that are done successfully, I can't see them revisiting because, like, the ones we just said, it's done. Like, you couldn't really explore that in any different way. Exactly. It would just be playing it out again and it would be yeah. a bit pointless. And then the other ones that aren't so good, why revisit yeah. them? Yeah, they're not amazing, interesting creatures, you know? When when you bring a creature back, it has to be something interesting to look at again, like, in a different way. Yeah. Honestly, bringing back is not often a great idea. No, and they don't do it a lot. I was thinking, in New Who... They haven't brought back a lot. There's not many. The Weeping Angels. Yeah. And the thing is, I I think the Weeping Angels, I'm glad they brought them back because I really like the Weeping Angels, but they are weaker episodes. They're not as yeah. good as the original. And then they've also brought back the Slitheen and the Jadoon. But... It was weird they brought back the yeah. Slitheen in the same series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the Slitheen are just like a bit, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they weren't ones that I particularly felt needed to come back. No. And then, obviously, Daleks and Cybermen are just such a staple of them. Yeah, they come back again and again, but it's a different thing. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, out of this lot, there's none that I would be desperate to see again. No, me neither. No. Interesting. So, lastly, are there any other of these kind of creatures, these Halloween creatures, as we're calling them, that you think Doctor Who should do? I don't know. I can't really think of many. I had a couple ideas. Oh, okay. Tell me, because I'm running a bit dry. <laughs> I think they could do a Frankenstein's monster yeah. kind of thing. That would be quite creepy. I know they kind of did it, and they've kind of used up Mary Shelley. Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> and I guess they have done Frankenstein. They've done kind of um like the Doctor's wife. They've done people being pieced together from different Yeah, things. like composite people. Yeah, so maybe Frankenstein's monster wouldn't work because it would be something that would go with Mary Shelley. And I guess the Cybermen kind of are a bit Frankenstein in general, like regardless of, like not just the lone Cybermen in the Mary Shelley episode, but Cybermen generally are like, yeah, you know, part human. They've like parts of their body have been removed and yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, it's true. So maybe not that. Another thing I thought. Don't know, because again, I'm also thinking this is reminiscent to another one, but I thought you could do like a Grim Reaper yeah. kind of thing. I was also thinking though, kind of the veil, this yeah, like it's kind of the veil. symbolised death walking towards you. But 
again, and also I think it would have worked in a way of the kind of in the Mummy on the Orient Express kind of thing where it's like it targets you when it's your time to go. Yeah, in. definitely. But maybe a Grim Reaper situation would be good. And one that I think, another one, which was on our list, but I think they could do zombie in a more classic zombie sense. Yeah. I think they could visit a a planet that's had like a zombie apocalypse and have that mm. type of proper zombie apocalypse yeah. fighting off the zombies episode. Because Doctor Who hasn't really done apocalyptic, really. No. And it really could do that so well. Yeah. They could go to a planet where there's been some infection that's caused spread throughout the whole planet and everyone's gone zombie and yeah. they join like a band of survivors. And Yeah, I like that. That would be really good. Yeah. It would, wouldn't it? That'd be cool. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Maybe Series 13. Maybe. Would be pretty cool. But yeah. Great. Did you have any? You didn't have any ideas? No, I didn't have any. Um, I just keep my my brain keeps going to the Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) (laughs) They did that though. I know they did that because Sarah Jane, like, I think I mentioned to you about the Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) And like, I don't know if that was a good one or not. (laughs) I don't know. And also it's not really a Halloween monster, so. No, but it's kind of a mythological one, isn't it? Mythological. They could do... Oh, I guess kind of mythologically, they did the Minotaur in the God Complex. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. That kind of is on it. They could do something cool with, like, Greek gods or some kind of Greek myth. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. I guess the Minotaur is a Greek myth. But they but could, like, do, yeah, so they could do another kind of, there are loads. Medusa? Sarah Jane Adventures did Medusa. Did they? Mm-hmm. I remember. Cool. The Gorgon. Ah. Another one that's kind of a Halloween-y one is, is a clown. And Sarah Jane mentioned that. Oh, yeah, that would be scary. Yeah. But they could do a clown one in Doctor Who. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, food for thought there, Doctor Who writers, if you're listening, Chris (laughs) Chibnall. Listen up. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. All right. Well, shall we move on to our fun segment of the episode? Yeah. So, we thought for our kind of fun segment this week, as we do a kind of bracket elimination type thing with all the monsters that we've just discussed okay yeah so we've got 14 episodes we've included the two parters or three parters like together as one so we'll go through and choose which one we prefer kind of taking into account mainly the monster but in the context of their episode and we'll see what our favorite is yeah the ultimate doctor who halloween monster yeah cool okay so First choice is The Unquiet Dead or Tooth and Claw. I'm going to go with The Unquiet Dead, I think. As your favourite? Out of those two. Actually, I think I might have just said the other way around before, did I? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I would go for The Unquiet Dead. I don't know what you would I think I would too, but I literally think I might have just said like (laughs) half an hour ago the other way around. I think you were quite positive about Tooth and Claw, but I think you were also quite positive about The Unquiet Dead. I don't know. <laughs> I think this just shows how um, these episodes are kind of changeable in my mind. Yeah, I think they are. They are. They're not solidly good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would vote for The Unquiet Dead. Okay, I'll go with you there then. Let's do that. Okay. Next is The Impossible Planet slash Satan Pit or Army of Ghosts. Both very good, but if we're looking from the point of view of the monster, 
let's go for impossible planet satan pit yeah i agree i really do like army of ghosts as i said but i think the other one is the superior yeah okay next is the shakespeare code or vampires of venice i think oh probably the shakespeare code i think so I think perhaps Vampires of Venice is better than I remember it, so I don't want to do it too harshly, but also I do think the Shakespeare Code probably still wins out. Yeah, let's go for that. Okay. Right, next. The Curse of the Black Spot or Hyde? These are both quite weak episodes in my mind. Yeah. I don't know what to choose. I think maybe I would go The Curse of the Black Spot. Yeah. I just think Hyde is a little bit boring. Yeah, not much happens. It's very slow. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it when I rewatched it the other day. Did you? Maybe I should rewatch. I'm not sure. But we can go for the Curse of the Black Spot. No, so what would you vote for? I don't know. I feel quite torn. Um, probably hide based on seeing it, but also I haven't seen the Curse of the Black Spot. And I do like the... I realised I like the premise of the siren. So I like that. Yeah. I also like that the... The monster in Hyde is, the ghost is this human from the future. Yeah, it is quite cool. But the haunted house part isn't as good as when you compare it to the other haunted houses. That's true. And they do the pirate theme quite well. Yeah. I think I would go for the Curse of the Spot. Okay. Let's do it. Next, we have Mummy on the Orient Express or Under the Lake Before the Flood. Both good episodes, but I would go for Mummy on the Orient Express, I think. I agree. They are both good, but I think Mummy on the Orient Express has the edge. Yeah, I just love the 12th Doctor, man. He's great. (laughs) He really is. (laughs) Okay, next we have Oxygen, or the trio of Extremis, the Pyramid at the End of the World, and the Lie of the Land. Mm, It's tricky because if we're looking at the monsters, I think... Episodes-wise, I would definitely go for the the Monks trilogy. I really like it. Yeah. And I guess the monsters, they're not the biggest part of it, but they are pretty cool. Yeah, and also, I like Oxygen as well, but they're not the most concrete example of these Halloween monsters either. Yeah, exactly. So the monster element is more just do you like them for their own thing rather than do you like them yeah. within this Halloween monster canon. Exactly. And I think I like the monks. Yeah, I like the monks. I really like their whole arc of, you know. Yeah. Okay, let's go for that trilogy then. Yeah. Okay, and last pair is The Witchfinders or The Haunting of Villa Diodati. The Haunting of Villa Diodati. Yeah, I do like the Witchfinders, but mm-hmm. we're big fans of. <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so now we've narrowed it down to seven. So because this isn't a good number, I said we could bring one back as a bonus. We need one more. I vote for Army of Ghosts, but I. Yeah, yeah. But there I, are I agree. Let's, let's bring back Army of Ghosts. <laughs> also, Under the Lake Before the Flood. Yeah. Let's go for Army of Ghosts. Okay, I really like that. <laughs> I just think it's <laughs> cool because it's different to all the others because it feels very, like, in the present. Yeah. Which I like. It is cool. I like it too. Okay. Okay, round two yeah. of the elimination. So, The Unquiet Dead or The Impossible Planet slash The Satan Pit. 
Impossible Planet. Yeah. Okay, right. Next one. Army of Ghosts or the Shakespeare Code? Army of Ghosts. Yeah, Army of Ghosts, I think. Nice. Okay. The Curse of the Black Spot or Mummy on the Orient Express? Mummy on the Orient Express. It's getting easier this round. It is. (laughs) Okay. The Monk's Trilogy or The Haunting of Villa Diodati? In the context of the monster, I'm going for The Haunting of Villa Diodati. Yeah. Okay. Right. I think this is round three. So we have four left. Mm-hmm. Which we've engineered this to be the four that we were just discussing. <laughs> I guess that proves that we actually do believe in what we say. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so the Impossible Planet, the Satan Pit, or Army of Ghosts. Now this came up before in round one. It did. <laughs> so we have to go for the Impossible Planet, Satan Pit. Yeah. Yes, we do. Okay. Mummy on the Orient Express or the Haunting of Villa Diodati. Do you have a vote? I think maybe The Haunting of Villa Diodati. I'm leaning towards that too. Yeah, I really like Mummy on the Orient Express, but I think the weak point for me is that I can't really remember what Gus and they were trying to do. That's true. What were they trying to figure out? It seemed... Yeah. I don't know. And also, when I think about... I don't know whether I just love it so much because I... I'm a bit obsessed with the 12th Doctor because <laughs> when I think about the other 12, like there's a lot better 12th Doctor episodes. Yeah. I think. Whereas Wanting a Villa Diodati this is, is one, one of Jodie's, Jodie's standouts. Yeah. It is. Okay. So let's go for it. Okay. Final round. The Impossible Planet, The Satan Pit or The Haunting of Villa Diodati? You know what? I think I'm going to go for The Haunting of Villa Diodati. I really enjoy that one. I really, really do. Shall we take it? Yeah, and also I feel like if we're honing in on what was our focus of the episode, of the Halloween stories, ghosts are like the it's pinnacle. It's a ghost and it's a Frankenstein. It's a ghost and a Frankenstein and... It's got horror writers. Exactly. It's got the celebrity element. Yeah. I think it's in the past and I think a lot of these monster ones do work well in the past. Yeah. Because they're part of this, like, you know, long mythology. Yeah. So... Also, I think, you know, we want to do everything we can to champion the 13th Doctor because she's got those, you know, not my Doctor haters out there. Exactly. And I think these, the Haunting of Philodidati is an example of when the 13th Doctor can be used really well. And when she's equipped with great writing, she's a great Doctor. Exactly. She's. I mean, I I think she's a great Doctor the whole time. Me but too. I can see there are weaker moments I suppose. But I think she's great. And I think that people are unjustified in their hatred. Yeah. I agree. And also, we didn't even really touch on this in this episode at all, but like, there's that great thread running through with um Byron is like trying to flirt with her and she's just not having any yeah. of it, which is just very <laughs> entertaining. Funny. Yeah, that is funny. I love how the 13th Doctor is like so oblivious to like romance (laughs) it's quite entertaining yeah definitely yeah great okay well i think that just about wraps up our episode cool it was really fun to think about these halloween monsters and how they've been realized in the world of doctor who and we've concluded that our favorite is the haunting of villa diodati a solid episode 
So yeah, hope you enjoyed this discussion. Yeah, uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at listen underscore pod. Um, let us know what you thought of the episode, if you can think of any other Halloween monsters that we've missed. Um, and let us know any other ideas you have for future episodes you want to hear us talk about. We'd love to hear anyone's input. It'd be really nice. Definitely. Um, and join us next time for another fun Doctor Who discussion. Thanks for taking the time to listen to listen. Listen.